All right, so I want to welcome you to a brand new series we're starting today called Save the Date. Save the Date. Have you ever gotten one of these cards? A little Save the Date card? We got one of these, I don't know, maybe a, two, three months ago from my niece. She's getting married. And uh, I've been talking to uh, my family about she's getting married April 1st. And, um, and so, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever. I'm not saying anything, you know. She may be watching this. So I don't want to say anything, but... Um, April 1st is her um, her wedding day, and uh, she gave us a little car. We got it, put it in the refrigerator, and um, <coughs> been talking to my family about that trip. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be doing this series called Save the Date. Real talk about relationships before and after the wedding day. They're both important, right? Before and after the wedding day. And if you're joining us on Facebook, our YouTube channel... Uh, whether it's here, you're here in person. Uh, I wanna. I'm just thrilled that um, that you've decided to learn from God's word a little bit about relationships. And so uh, I am really pumped about this series. I believe it's going to be a great, great, great series. Um, and so I hope that you can make it for all three weeks. Okay, all three weeks. And uh, I think that God will hopefully. Uh, I, I, my heart is to add as much value as I can. To you Now, statistically speaking, most of us will get married at some point, okay? That's what studies show us. Unfortunately, statistically speaking, many of those marriages will not work. And statistically speaking, uh, of those that do not work, a lot of people will come back and they'll say something like this, and I've heard it. In my 20 plus years of ministry, I've heard it time and time again. Pastor, I wish I would have done something different. Uh, Pastor, there were red flags. There were red flags from the very beginning. Pastor, there were warning signs early on. And often people will say, I just ignore them. I just did not, you know. And and the question is, why, why are we like this, right? Why is it that we behave in such a way and i don't think it's unusual i think it's part of humanity it's part of like who we are as human beings when you're in a dating relationship you want things to work out right that's that's normal and and even times when when uh, things are not going the right way your mind your mind is saying hey you better watch out you know just be careful don't get hurt don't go down that path you know you've been here before but then your heart your is going oh love will make it work right love you know oh you'll be fine you know i know that he treated you this way i know she did this but it's okay you know it'll be okay you know you can change him you can change her and sometimes the thing about our hearts is that our hearts are not always right our hearts sometimes can kind of turn on us and betray us a little bit and so before we get into it we're going to be in first corinthians if you want to start heading there first corinthians chapter seven but before we get there i want to give you a couple of tips these are not the main points but i think that they may be helpful okay so here's the first one i think it's on the screen you can write this out if you're taking notes you can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong one okay does that does that make sense Right? Like that, that's just like a fact. You can't marry the right guy, the right girl, if you're dating 
the wrong one, okay? Here's the second one, another piece of advice, tip uh, for whatever it's worth. Um, you don't usually attract what you want. I wish that wasn't the case, and you'll hear me say that phrase often uh, th- this morning. But th- it's, it's true, and, I, and you're probably thinking, okay, Pastor Alex, this is not a very encouraging message so far, okay? But it is true, right? You don't usually attract what you want, but you will often, not always, but often you will get who you are. It's a typical, you know, we all know this story of a, the girl, and I've probably heard it hundreds of times, who grew up in a, in a traditional home, good parents, good mom, dad, a little bit strict. She goes to college. And while she goes away, man, no strings attached. I am free. I don't have, my parents don't have to tell me anything. You know, they're not on, on my neck trying to make sure that I'm doing everything right. And this girl, I mean, she goes wild, you know, and she, she goes from one to the next. And she's like, man, she's getting wasted on the weekends. And she's just hooking up with one boy after the next. And then she comes home and, uh, and she tells her mom, mom, I think I found the guy that I want to marry. And, uh, and, uh, and she says, you know, this guy, he's a Christian because she thought, you know, mom, mom would like that to hear that. She, he's a Christian. He's not just a, just a regular, like he's on fire for Jesus. This guy, he's a spiritual leader. He serves at his church. I mean, you're going to love him when you meet him. He's cute. He's respectful. I mean, it's, it's, he's the one that I, I want to get married to. And then the mom says, honey, I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be mean to you. But... A guy like that that's on fire for Jesus is probably not going to be attracted to a girl that has had the lifestyle that you have had. And the reason for that is because we don't usually attract what we want. I wish that was the case, right? I mean, that would be so awesome if you could just have your your to-do list, your checklist, and then it's like, okay, God, I'm putting in my order. So I want her to be like this, and I want her to do this, and I want her to, you know, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. We don't usually attract what we want, We, but often we tend to get who we are. Not always. I know that there are some cases that that's not true, but sometimes it does, um, it happens. So what I want to do for the next uh, few minutes is I want to give you three qualities that you need to have in your life. And you really need these, whether you're married or not, whether you're in a dating relationship or not, whether before you meet anybody, like these are, these are universal for all of us in whichever state of life you're in. And they're from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. So we're, let's get into it. Uh, this chapter, if you read the whole chapter, we're not going to do that because of time, but this chapter is all about relationships, okay? And uh, Paul, who's single, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's speaking to the, the Corinthian people, okay? The, the a group of people at this church at Corinth. And he says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God. Of one kind or another. So I say to those who are not married and to widows. And I love that the passage for this week kind of brings us to this because often in churches, you know, I, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, we talk to people who are married and we sort of ignore uh, people who are single. And we sort of ignore <clears throat> widows for sure. I don't know that I've ever uh, talked about, you know, in a passage that specifically and directly talks to widows. So I'm, I'm actually happy about the verses that God's 
uh, pointing us to this week. So I say, Paul says, to those who are not married and to those, to widows, it is better to stay, and you guys help me out with the underlying word, okay? Say it with enthusiasm. It is better to stay unmarried just as I am. And we're going to unpack all of this because some of you are looking at me like, okay, you know, more than half of us, we're married. Okay, help us out, okay? Verse 35, okay? We're going to jump to verse 35. I am saying this for your own good, Paul says, not to restrict you, not to put you in a box, okay? But that you might live in a right way in, let's read it together, in undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, I think it's so interesting because often in our culture, there are so many conflicting ideas about dating, about marriage, about relationships. We live in a culture where, like, we watch shows like The Bachelor, okay? And I'm not saying that, I'm not, like, like if you watch The Bachelor, like, I'm not judging you for this. I'm not saying that you watch it, you know? Um, but as a culture, we watch shows like the, the Bachelor, right? Where we're taught to date casually. You're going to make out with five people, fall in love with two, give the rose to one, and then three months after the show's over, you're going to break up and it's over, right? And that's what we're used to, right? Shows like the, the Bachelor. But spiritually speaking, if you look at this verse, if you look, if we can put the last, the last verse up, marriage should not be the ultimate goal for us. And I'm, I'm speaking to those of you who are married and some of those, those of you who are on your way to getting married and those of you who don't have anybody, okay? So this one, this one's for all of us, regardless of what state of life you're Marriage, our culture has taught us a little differently. Ch- the church has done it at times, okay? But marriage should not be our ultimate purpose in life. Now, what, according to Paul, what should be our ultimate purpose in life? What should it be? Undivided devotion to the Lord. That's ultimately what we need to be striving for. And so three qualities that you've got to have in your life because you don't usually attract what you want. I wish that was the case. But you get who you, often you get who you are. So here's the first one. I'm going to give them all all three points to you ahead of time, okay? So the first one is you want to be secure in Christ. You want to be secure in Christ. Number two, you want to be strong in character you want to be secure in christ you want to be strong in character and you want to be planted in community let's take a let's take a look at all all of these one at a time secure in christ have you ever dated somebody who's insecure have you ever met somebody who's like an insecure person How, how what happens when you're dating someone who's insecure what usually happens? Think with me for a moment. When you're dating somebody and they're not very secure in themselves, what happens? They're, they're usually asking questions, right? They're, they're constantly, I mean, fearfully asking, you know, where were you? You know? <laughs> um, who are you texting? And some of you are like, uh-huh, yep, I've been there before. Um, what, what are you looking at on your phone? It's always, it's like one question, like trust is very, very low usually, Right? Uh, you know, where, where are you going? Who are you going to be with? You know, uh, were you looking at him? Were you looking at her? Right? Insecure people always need more, but they settle for less. Here's what I mean by that. They need more, settle for less. 
They need more validation, right? They need outside reassurance. They need to feel, and they can never, you can never give them enough. They need more. They need to feel worthy. They need to feel special. An insecure person is constantly looking for meaning in relationships. They cannot do life without people around them. They have to have somebody around them 100, like 24-7. And usually when they find someone, they just squeeze the life out of them. But often, often, they'll settle for less. Why is that? Because they don't know their true identity in Christ. They don't know their true, they don't know their worth. That's, that's what it was, uh, that, that was the theme of our ladies retreat this last week. And by the way, give it up for the ladies. Man, I've heard, I've already heard so many stories of how God worked. Um, and that was, that was the theme, worthy. Often insecure people, they need more, but they settle for Less. Now look at what the Bible says. This is Paul again, different group of people, but it's the same guy inspired by God saying um, these words. He says, Paul, speaking to the Colossians, he says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. In other words, all of God lives in Jesus. Okay, so that's kind of putting it in, in you know, just uh, simplifying it. Okay, for in Christ, um, in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Verse 10, and you, that's you and me, are what? Are complete in him. In other words, all of God lives in all of Jesus, and you and I, we're complete in him. We don't need anything else in life. Our security, if you're a Jesus follower, needs to come from Jesus Christ. But what happens in in marriage, in relationships, is we mix things up, right? And we get confused from time to time, and we think that the ultimate purpose is finding meaning in a relationship. The ultimate purpose ends up being marriage, and nothing could be further from the truth. Now, do you remember remember the movie um, uh, movie clip from Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise? Remember the line? You know which line I'm talking about? You know where Tom Cruise, you know, looks at Renee Zellweger, and she and he says. I, and I can't do a Tom Cruise. I can't do justice. I'm not even going to pretend. But he says the line, I love you. You, you know what? Remember it? Complete. Do you, do you remember the line? I'm not, I'm not like, you know, like saying that that's a bad movie or bad line. I mean, great movie line. And by the way, I'm a big baby. I'm the biggest baby when it comes to romantic comedies. Like, you should see me. Maybe not. But like, I'm telling you, like, I'll be watching a movie and I'll be like, you know, and I'm like trying to, you know, be strong. And Leah looks at me, you know, and she's making fun of me. And, um, you know, but, um, but it's just a movie line. It's just a movie line. A great movie moment. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, the one who should complete us is not your spouse. It's not the one you're going to marry. Because you're, you're going to have false expectations. That one that should complete you is Jesus Christ. And so the question for all of us today is, are you secure in Him? It's one of the qualities that we've... Man, we got to do some self-inventory. Am I secure in Christ? The Bible says that you are the over an overcoming child of the Almighty. That's what Scripture tells you. You are redeemed. You have been restored. You are greatly blessed, highly 
favored, deeply loved. It's not my words. I mean, you can look, look it up for yourself. It's all over the Bible. You have the righteousness of Christ. You have the mind of God. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. You're a new creation. You are significant. But our culture, our, our culture says, you know, it, it makes it so it seems that you can't be happy unless you have a soulmate. That's just the way, and, and, and I, again, I'm not trying to, you know, hit on, on churches or anything because I think that we make this mistake unintentionally, but often we make single, single people feel like they're not complete unless they're married. We make them feel like they're second-class citizens, and marriage is not complete, okay? Marriage is not your ultimate purpose. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense. Everybody with me? Have I lost anybody? Okay. So, first quality, you've got to be secure in Christ. Number two, I'm going to speed through the last two okay uh, you need to be strong in character strong in character what does that mean strong in character um when well when it comes to dating relationships it means that you're not gonna give you're not gonna take your heart and give it to him or give it to her unless god has theirs you're not gonna take your heart okay and give it to them if god doesn't have theirs first and so in, in, in being strong in character means, this is what it means. It, it, um, it calms things down. It's, it's less stress, more peace. That's what it means being strong in character. Now, you may be like, you know, pastor, I'm not married. I'm single, you know, and I'm just, I'm young. I'm going to party. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to hook up with whoever I want to hook up. I'll do the Jesus thing later. I'll do, I'll do the church thing later, you know, but for right now, I'm young. There's too much, too much life ahead of me. You know, I got to enjoy life. And look, I, 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 you know, I can sympathize with you, but let me just tell you, do you know what you're doing to yourself when you have that attitude? You are creating unnecessary troubles for your future self. A few weeks ago, I had the, the bag of sand. Remember if you were here and I was carrying it on stage, a 50-pound bag? Essentially, when you have that attitude, I'm just young, I'm going to do life, I'm, you know, I'm not going to save myself, I'm going to just do whatever. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're putting on heavy, heavy baggage. You're storing up all of this baggage for your future self to, to carry. And your future self is going to look at you one day and be like, man, I wish you would have taken better care of myself. Because you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. And so today, you've got to make a decision. You say, you know what? What I do today is going to directly affect my opportunities tomorrow. The decisions that I make today are going to reflect the people that I impact tomorrow. Your future kids, whether you have them now or not, will be impacted. Your friends, future wife, future spouse, husband, will be directly impacted by the decisions that you're making today. And so, what does strong character look like? Well, Paul tells us, different book, different group of people, but... He says uh, to Timothy, young Timothy, he says, be an example. Watch this. I love this. Be an example to all believers. And I like this because as often we think that, hey, if you are a Christian, you check off the box and you're good. You're set to go. Okay? Especially in, in a dating relationship. Oh, yeah, he's a Christian. You know, check. Check. 
she's a Christian, check. But it's, it's way more than just being a Christian, okay? When you look at the Bible like, as a whole, the whole context of it, you know, in the Old Testament, you have a way of people doing things. Jesus comes in in the New Testament, and he raises the bar. Like in the Old Testament, you know, you, you hear things like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? Jesus is like, hey, you've heard it said this way, but let me do this. You know, grace, which is what Jesus brought, does not lower the bar. Grace raises the bar, okay? And so, so he says, you've heard it said this way, but I'm telling you, you got to love your enemies. You got to pray for those who persecute you. So he always raised the bar. And Paul does the same thing because obviously he learned it from Jesus. Be an example, he says to all believers, not just, you not saying be an example to, to the world. No, no, he's saying, I want you to be an example like among the, the best of the best, okay? Those people that you consider like, you know, like-minded believers, like-minded faith, the people you look up to, you ought to strive to be the best of the best. Not a pride thing necessarily, but it's just, it's just a way for us to be inspired, to raise the bar, so what does strong character look like? Well, he says, be an example to all believers in what you say. Watch this. In the way you live, in your love, your faith, in your purity. So strong character involves what you say. The words that come out of your, your mouth express the attitude of your heart, right? The words that you speak, they're a reflection of what's in your heart. And so, you know, are you speaking words of faith to people, the people that God puts around you at work? Are you speaking words of encouragement, words of life? Are your words God-honoring? Or do you sound more like a mature TV on, on Netflix? Strong character involves the things that come out of your mouth. It involves your behavior. It says it, you know, how you live, how you love. Do you love others? Do you treat others with the love of God? Or you just, you're just quick to judge. You have a short fuse. It's just boop, boop, you know. And you just, you know, you get mad at them very quickly. You know, do you love people? Do you, do you have the same patience that God has with you? Or do you have a, a short fuse? You, do you treat others with the love of God or with judgment, with narrow-mindedness? You know, it's just one way of thinking. It's my way or the highway. Strong character. Look it up. It's on the end of the verse. It involves sexual integrity. Sexual integrity. So, you know, I've heard guys who said, you know, I'm just a young guy. I struggle with porn. I struggle with lust. But I'm going to take care of that one day when I get married. Listen, you're going to get married, and you're still going to have a porn issue. You're still going to have a lust problem with a ring on your finger. And so the, the goal for us, and again, I'm not judging anybody here, okay? We all have our temptations. We all have our struggles. But the goal is for you and I to readjust. And whenever you're kind of going down a path that's not good for you, for you to be wise enough and say, okay, God, I'm going to recenter myself because this is not helping me. And to put it off until marriage, till, you know, a year or two later or five years later because I just want to enjoy life, it's going to screw up with your future self. And so when God says be strong in character, it's not because he's going to get anything out of it. It's because he wants the best for you. Do you would you not want to get married to somebody who's strong, uh, strong in character? Of course you would, right? We all would. So let, then let God build yours today. Because you don't always attract, say it, you don't always attract what you want but you often get 
Not always, because I know that there are situations where this is not true. But often you're going to get who you are. Bible says it like this. Proverbs 27, 12 says, A prudent person, uh, a sensible person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton, the, the unwise, goes on blindly and suffers the consequences. In other words, a sensible person will see trouble coming and will uh, avoid it, right? It's, it makes sense, right? That's why it's like a prudent person, a sensible person. But a person that's unwise, they see trouble ahead and they'll just, they'll just keep trucking along and they'll just walk right into it and then they'll regret it. Which is, it's, for all, all of us, when you look at it from an outsider's perspective, it's like, man, how dumb are we sometimes, right? And, and not to be harsh on anyone, but it is, it's the way we behave as human beings. And so three qualities you need to have in your life. Number one, you want to be secure in Christ. Your purpose is not marriage. Number two, you want to be strong in character, not just an average show, an average Christian. Raise the bar. There's a better version of you. Why settle for less? It's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And so why not raise the bar? Why live at a, such a low level? You were not made for that. You were made for so much more than, than just the, the low mindset, kind of thinking that, oh, well, I'm just not perfect. Oh, well, I'm just going to live down here. You know, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to make it from one day to the next. No, lift up your head and declare who you are in Christ and allow him to have victory through you. Stop the, the, self, the negative self-talk. Stop it. Make your mind, the Bible says that you control your mind. Your mind is a beautiful thing, but it is a tool. You control it, okay? You don't let it just go wild. Your mind, you know, if I let my mind just run, like, just like whatever, man, it gets me in trouble quickly. No, I grab it. Like, imagine I had a tool in my hand, you know. I'm not going to let the tool tell me how to get the work done. No, I'm going to grab that tool, and I'm going to make it do what I want it to do. That's your mind. And so you need to be secure in Christ, strong in character. And I'll wrap up with this. You need to be planted in Community. Say that word with me. Planted in community. Let me say it like this. The strength, <clears throat> the strength of your, listen to this. The strength of your community will shape the quality of your marriage. The strength of your community, the people that you have around you, will shape. This is why I believe in life groups. Putting like-minded people together. Not perfect, but like-minded people together. And doing life together. And so when we mess up, we kind of lift each other up, right? And we, we try to do this thing that we call life. But if you run around with the wrong crowd, man, it's going to get you in trouble so quickly. Um, you go to a wedding. And you look at the bridesmaids. You look at the groomsmen. They're a very strong predictor of the spiritual success of that couple. You, you, um, you look at what they did the night before, strong predictor. Okay? Um, 
you know, you have a group of people, they're going to the, uh, the strip club, they're getting wasted, they're doing whatever. The odds of that marriage making it are a lot less than if you had a group of people who were, man, the last two, three months were trying to seek God. They were trying to get in the Word and pray from time to time. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, right? You know, what's that, um, <clears throat> that saying? Show me your friends. You know what comes after? Show me your friends. I'll show you what your what? Future. I'll show you your future. Isn't that what it is? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It's truth from God's word. Bible puts it like this. Walk with the wise, become wise. Associate with fools, you'll get in trouble. Can, can you imagine if my three closest friends, if one was <clears throat> a sex addict, the other one was a habitual liar who in order to relax had to smoke pot and drink beer the other one had, was uh, let's say that he cheated on his wife three times had a DUI how, how much value if those were my three closest friends how much value would they add to my life and in turn to my marriage not a whole lot not a whole lot so walk with the wise you become wise your community is important it matters uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen. Fools think their own way is always right, but the wise listen to others. I'll wrap it up with, with this. Probably the most common thing that I've heard from people who have been through divorce. Probably the, the one thing that just comes back you know, in different forms or whatnot, but the, the one red flag that I hear most from people who've gone through divorce, verbal abuse, just difficulties in relationships, here it is. If the people you love don't love them, it's a huge red flag. In other words, if the people that you trust, if they have questions about that person that you're dating, if they see things that you're not seeing, open up your eyes. If you hear things like, hey, he's not honoring you. She's not honoring you. Hey, um, he's too much into himself or she's too much into herself. It's like one, you know, selfie after the next and there's never room for others. If they're saying, hey, he's pushing you or she's pushing you sexually. Hey, um, you know, she's way too controlling, or he's way too controlling. If the people that you love, the people that you trust in your life are saying those things, I mean, I cannot, it's almost impossible. Like, if you want to have a strong relationship, you want to have a God-honoring relationship, it's almost impossible for me to fully describe how important it is, your community. And so, do you want, do you want to have a strong marriage? You want to have good relationships, a good dating relationship? Here's my encouragement. Three qualities you need. Be secure in Christ. You want to be secure. You want to be strong in character. And you want to be planted in community. Let's pray. Father God. Thank you for your your word today. God, I pray that we would place safeguards 
in our dating relationships, in our marriage. Thank you for the reminder that our purpose is not marriage. Thank you for the reminder to be strong in character, to be planted in community. Why? Because we don't usually attract what we want. I wish it was that easy. But we get, often get who we are. So God, I pray that in this very moment, there will be decisions all across this room, online, those who are listening to the podcast. I pray that there will be young kids and all folks who will say, you know what, I am going to be committed sexually, spiritually. Uh, My mind, I'm going to be committed to what God wants for my life. Not because it's a rule that the church has given me or my parents are giving me, but it's because God knows He created all relationships and he knows what's best for me. And so I pray that this very moment there will be convictions in our hearts that will be built. There will be rail guards that we put in place to to live our best life. God, thank you for your instruction. Thank you for loving us enough and not giving up on us when we make mistakes. We dedicate ourselves to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, 